Okay, welcome back everyone, and I want to say a big hello and welcome to our very special guest on the Team Up podcast show. Here with me is uh, Geelong businesswoman and also the owner and director of Circus Media, Carly Post. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. I thought maybe what we'll do is before we get into the nitty gritty of our program, I'll give you the opportunity just to introduce yourself to our audience and tell us exactly what, what you do on a daily basis. Yes, yes. so um, I own Circus Media. We are, we're not a very traditional PR agency. We've sort of evolved to more of a, I guess, communications or creative agency. So we started off um, offering PR services, but we've, yeah, we've evolved to, invo- uh, to offer digital marketing and design as well. The, the digital world is just moving so fast. We, you know, I sort of thought from the very beginning it was really important to include a more diverse um, offering, yep. for, I guess. Totally. So, uh, we, yeah, we work with a very diverse range of clients. Uh, what my, you know, my background is in property, so we had a lot of property clients in the beginning, but we sort of evolved to include more lifestyle, food, wine, retail, and professional services, which I guess mirrors sort of the way Geelong's yep. heading. Uh, the foodie scene down here is just has just exploded, which I think is really exciting. It's really nice every day to be like, hey, where are we going to eat lunch today or where are we going to grab a coffee? Um, but yeah, property has always been my first love. So we do have um, a number of property clients, uh, you know, in real estate, building, construction and Greenfields property development. Um, we also have a few um, architectural design clients as well. So yeah. Great. Excellent. While we're on the property topic, I have to admit that um, the first time we actually met was um, my wife, Chris, and I, we purchased a block as part of the Villawood development, yep. who I believe was a, a key client of yours and probably part of your journey, which I'll get you to tell us about. And I can recall that we were part of a campaign to be photographed, I think it's the 2000th lot. Was uh, it was a 1000th. 1000th lot, yeah. Yep. So, um, and yeah, we've since built and moved in. It's been a great experience. But I remember through that process meeting you and thinking, wow, I'd set up my business, you know, right about then. And I thought, I've got to find out more about Carly and what she does. Obviously, we've collaborated on some projects since. But um, I thought I'd take this opportunity to get her in and just to share with you all exactly where she's come from and what she's now doing and how it might be relevant to those of you watching at home and, and maybe seeking to try and do something similar and draw some inspiration. So... I don't know, maybe maybe take us back to, you know, your, your background, where you started and how you sort of got this all off the ground and yep. took the leap. Yeah, it was a leap. And I think that's what a lot of people, um, they struggle with. They come up with a new idea or, you know, they want to start their own business. And it is taking that initial mm-hmm. leap away from the security of a, you know, a full-time um, salary, I guess. So... Um. So I've um, always worked in property. I um, I made the decision very early on uh, when I first went to uni that I didn't want to be a poor uni student, uh, that I wanted to work. And, and I'm very lucky that um, Deakin University, where I did my undergrad degree, I'm actually now doing my MBA, which is, I don't know how I'm going to fit that in, but... So, yeah, so Deakin actually offers um, online study. Um, mm-hmm. So you never actually have to go into the university but for your exams. Oh, and I just found that um, just amazing opportunity because I went and got a, a, a job on reception at a real estate agent and I was doing all of my homework on my lunch break or, or in the evening. So it allowed me to earn an income uh, and also get experience. And I think starting on reception or, you know, in a low-level admin role is the best thing that you can do because you learn – the very, very fundamental skills of um, working in a business, you know, answering the phones, um, dealing with conflict, dealing with unhappy customers, um, just understanding about punctuality and, and, you know, having to open the office at a certain time or having to make sure that the phones are turned on. 
Mm-hmm. So I did I did all of that while I was studying. Uh, then I moved to Geelong and I got a job with a uh, local builder. And I actually, I was in a, it was a sales and marketing coordinator role, but I just started implementing all of the things that I was learning at uni to the job, yep. uh, which was kind of funny because I just started writing media releases. I just started liaising with the local media and all of a sudden uh, this builder's brand started popping up in the newspaper, something they'd never seen before other than paid advertising. So I think that was, that was pretty cool. Unreal. And yeah, then I moved to Villawood. So I was employed as a project marketing manager. I still didn't have my degree yet. I was still studying sort of on the side. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest, uh, you know, the year that I spent at Villawood before I got pregnant with my daughter was the biggest, most uh, challenging thing that I ever did. But it put me in such good stead because I did get sort of thrown in the mix a little bit and I really had to learn on my feet and um, for those of you who know Rory Costello from Villawood Properties he he's just a visionary like just his ideas and all the things that he wants to do just to be you know just to be like a real trailblazer that he had a big impact on my um, career and my way of thinking and I'll never forget the the biggest piece of advice he gave me was um, just have a crack he always said you know um, just just have a go just just do something and I'll always have your back so it's kind of that um you know, I'd rather you beg for forgiveness and ask for permission type thing. And I've always got that in the back of my mind. And that's something I've always tried to pass on to my staff. So, so yeah, so when I was working at Villawood, I um, unexpectedly fell pregnant with my first child. Um, it was, it was a, a happy surprise. It wasn't like, it wasn't planned, but it was, yeah, it was a little bit of a shock. And, yep. and that I, I keep calling it my pregnancy epiphany because it just made me realize that, you know, I loved working at Villawood, but it was a very, um, you know, fast paced, high demanding job. And I was living in Drysdale and commuting to South Bank at the time. Oh, wow. So that's a big commute. Um, and then the traffic, the added traffic is just nuts. So I sort of realized that, you know, that commute and that kind of job with a newborn probably wasn't going to work. And I'm the type of person I really can't handle the thought of, um, you know, calling my boss every other day and saying, look, I can't get a babysitter or, uh-huh. um, you know, my child's sick. I'm not going to be able to come in today. So, um, I spoke to a few people and they said, look, why don't you like try consulting? And I just thought, you know, the, the proliferation of digital and social media and, and the, the flexibility that that offers, I thought, Hey, I'll just give it a go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, taking, deciding to, um, oh, well, I guess I was on maternity leave. So I sort of had this like little safety net yep. in the meantime to get started and, yeah, I literally, I, I could not have foresaw the amount of work that I would get um, straight away. So I've actually spent the last three years setting up my business retrospectively because I just had that many people wanting to work with us straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we, I guess we sort of found a bit of a niche in the market. I don't think there's anyone in Geelong that really offers like that um, sort of more lifestyle PR, I guess. Mm-hmm. The, a lot of the other businesses in Geelong that have a similar offering, they're probably more like government lobbying or community engagement, quite quite serious strategic PR, not necessarily the more, you know, the fun sort of day-to-day stuff. Well, I've noticed you seem to have a knack for also working with people on an individual level, like influencers. Yeah. Talk me through that point of difference. Yeah, so I saw a bit of an opportunity um, about a year ago when influencer marketing was sort of becoming a thing and Mm -hmm. I've just returned from a conference in San Diego where that was one of probably four really key themes Mm -hmm. uh influencer marketing is definitely going to be the way of the future Mm -hmm. so I just happened to have um, a couple of connections to two of probably Australia's most successful influencers at the time well now um and I just reached out to them and said look um I I can see a real opportunity for you if this is something that you want to do and 
they both said yes and that has now become a really big part of our business influencer management so i basically assist them in negotiating um, deals with big brands that want to work with them okay Um, so just talk us through that because that's really relevant so an example of an influencer are we talking like a celebrity or a high profile sports person or um, like a, 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 f- a famous mum? Well, or... not necessarily. I mean, those are, those are types of influencers, but you can actually have an everyday person that just through blogging or, you know, the type of activities that they do day to day has actually um, amassed a following. So okay. I, there is one, or there's a couple actually really successful people that you wouldn't know from a bar of soap unless you were sort of moving in those in circles. That, yep. And, you know, so they... you're helping them transition to that next level or helping them to monetize their... Um, I sort of help them, I guess, so a lot of these women are really good at what they do and and I say women because I work with female influencers but there are plenty of male influencers as well um the women that I work with in particular one is probably more of a social commentator yes so there's this big mummy blogger thing at the moment I guess so you know women talking about parenting and being a mum those kind of things but um so Annie one of my um influencers yeah she's more of a social commentator she she's a passionate vegan a feminist um you know animal rights um gender equality uh, um plenty of talking points there all, for yeah, her, yeah so a lot of social issues and she's she's really passionate and you know she she's a fantastic writer and she's just so articulate but and she was getting all these offers to you know appear on you know guest blogging or speaking appearance and she just didn't really know how you know she was missing probably the business side of things mm-hmm. so i've sort of stepped in and just helped her i guess act as a conduit between brands and her so that, so that she can just focus on delivering um what the brand wants of her whether that is a you know a, a keynote speak uh, yep. speaking gig or gotcha. um content for social media posting maybe a podcast interview yeah she's actually started her own podcast wow, so there you go. um which is picked up by nova so that's pretty oh, incredible perfect. um and then another influencer that i work with um she's sort of a she she's more of a mummy blogger and um she's sort of used her influence i guess to bring awareness to mental health mm-hmm. um she's dealt with quite a few um I guess yeah quite interesting things in her life and she's only just about to turn 25 Mm -hmm. Um, and for her um, we've just got her writing a column for the Herald Sun which is pretty exciting so yeah so she's now a columnist so so to me getting published in the Herald Sun for example uh, feels I don't know wouldn't know where to start you know so talk me through how you can offer a point of difference with clients and really break through with that, that media coverage and yeah. yeah. So the game's changed a little bit in terms of traditional PR. Um, the proliferation of you know digital media and social media has meant um, it, it's it's a very different landscape. Yeah. Um, traditional PR is basically you pitch a story to your, your mainstream media and hope that it gets published. Whereas yeah. um, social media and and the various platforms you use has actually given brands more of an opportunity to tell their story mm-hmm. um, rather than relying on the media to help them tell it. So we we focus a lot on um, curating a brand's online personality yep. um, and that is working with them to deliver content that showcases them as a brand rather than just trying to sell all yep. the time. Totally. And that's fundamentally what PR is as opposed to marketing. Marketing is, is essentially where you pay a media outlet to you know print well, it's more yeah. advertising, but it's all tied up. You, you know, you pay a newspaper to print an ad and people know that that's, that ad's been paid for, whereas PR is, is you know, tr- convincing someone to, to talk about your brand because they think it's newsworthy enough. They think what you're doing is innovative or interesting, yeah. that kind of thing. So basically that's, that's the crux of our job. Um, Do you try to get- create stories as well as 
sort of not sell them, but you know, help tell them in a way that will be um, newsworthy. You know, yeah, newsworthy. Yeah. Do you create them as well for brands? We do. So, uh, you know, working in PR, um, you develop what's called a nose for news. So yep. you and I might just be sitting here talking about something, and you just think it's completely not interesting or anything like that. But I'm able to listen to what you're saying and mm-hmm. pick out the pieces that are actually interesting. Excellent. So we deal with brands a lot who are just like, and I'm saying to them all the time, like, you know, just give me an update. What's happened this week in, in you know, um, in the company? Like, what are the things to do with you know your team? Like, what's happened yep. in the industry? Blah blah blah. And they give me this information, and I'm like, holy crap, that's like an amazing story. We connect yep. it to this. They don't actually because. You know, they're in the day-to-day running of their business. They don't actually understand that something is actually quite, you know, different or out of the box or so and that's our job to sort of tease those things out. So so with your PR elements, you're able to make a story newsworthy, mm-hmm. but also would you say that you've also got access to a network that you build over time yep. um, within media organizations that can allow you to get better speed to not necessarily speed, but you know, it, you know, PR is all about relationships. I think life is all about relationships, yep. to be honest. That old I'm adage deep it's, now. It, well, <laughs> it's not, you know, they always say it's not what you you know it's who you know I think it's a combination of both but I have spent a lot of time cultivating relationships with you know key media the, the ones that I deal with regularly so especially the local media mm-hmm. um Geelong Geelong is a place where you know where it might be said that traditional media like print and radio are sort of becoming a little bit a little bit less relevant with yep. the with all this you know social media and online media but a place like Geelong I don't think that's ever going to really happen because people do still read the local yep. um, papers around, like they read them religiously. So um, I've spent a lot of time cultivating those relationships and, and it's such a rewarding place to work because if you, you know, if you do have something that's generally newsworthy, genuinely newsworthy um, and you have those relationships, you, you do get really good coverage, which is good. So, yeah. so tell me about your connection to you know, the Geelong region, the Geelong business community, because are you not originally from Geelong? No, I'm from Altona. I grew yeah. up in Altona. Well, you do a pretty good job of coming across like a Geelong person. Well, <laughs> so I've been coming to Ocean Grove since I was about six years old. We've yep. had a caravan down there since then. My dad still has it. My Perfect. uncle have one in the same caravan park. So I've spent a lot of time down here and my dad and I always sort of said, we don't, we're not really Melbourne people, we're Geelong people. Yep. Um, and then when I met Alistair, my other half, he was from Ocean Grove. So um, it was sort of natural. Yep. Things just worked out. So, yeah, so I've lived in Geelong. I live in Geelong West and we've been here for the better part of 10 years and I would never leave. You couldn't pay me to leave. But it's funny because people always say, oh, you know, why would you move to Geelong? And until you actually live here, yes. you'll never understand it. Totally. Just the quality of life is just... You know, the schools, even local football netball, like I come from a big sporting family and, you know, every weekend my mum would take my sister here to play netball and me here and my brother there. Where down here, the footy netball league, you're all sort of, yep. you're at the same club, you, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, very big family friendly and I just love that element. I can't wait for my kids to be old enough to, to do that and be part of it. But yep. I just think as a business, it's, it's such a rewarding place to operate because there really is enough work to go around. So mm-hmm. even um, other businesses that are essentially competitors of ours, we end up working with them or bouncing totally. ideas off each other. Like I've shared an office with um, another marketing agency where we, you know, we are essentially competitors, but we're always sharing resources and ideas. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's, there's, there's, there really is enough work to go around for everyone, for everyone to be successful. And, yep. you know, the, the competition's healthy, but it also means that I think we all get the best out of each other. Totally. So I think that's, yeah, Geelong's just a really w- rewarding place to operate. As you mentioned um, family. I've got a couple of snaps here for everyone at home. <laughs> so this is your daughter, Indy. Yeah. So, so what was she there? She'll be, uh, I think she's 
just before she turned two there, but yep. she'll be three next month. So Excellent. that's gone really fast. And so that's who's going to inherit this business, yeah? Well, if she wants to, I'm not going to force anything onto her, but um, yeah, she's she looks like her dad, but she's definitely got my personality. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is the this is the team in action or some of the team? Some of the team, yeah. So that's actually our old office um, in Packington Street. This year, we've actually moved to a brand new premises um, in Riversdale Road in Newtown. Beautiful. That little creative hub behind Rutland Street. So... Yeah, and that's, that's that the team. Some of the crew, recent, yeah, yeah. It keeps changing. We um, we sort of some of the brands you've worked with. Some of the brands you've worked with, yeah. What's well, a lot, isn't it? <laughs> well, from what I can see, I think something we haven't touched on yet, which I've noticed has been a bit more prevalent with with you and your marketing, is um, do you have an involvement with events and event planning and or executing brand activation or no? Actually, they're two things that we don't do. So um, what did I see? I saw something around a St Patrick's Day event recently and then Mavs the Greek restaurant here. oh okay so so we don't do the actual event management and like deliver the event and the oh, logistics okay. itself we just do the marketing and promotion of it so yeah so um, Mavs is Geelong's um, only Greek restaurant and we did everything for that brand from developing the actual brand the logo right through to the launch event and now the ongoing PR and marketing so that's actually one of our most successful campaigns to date the amount of traction we got from that yeah. and I think it's because um, so you can see the mustache here the, the owner's surname is actually Mavro Mustakos, which means black mustache in Greek. And we thought, <laughs> well, we just have to use that as part Does of he the branding. He, no, he yeah, doesn't. He doesn't. No, oh, no. But we Could thought there was heaps of interesting connections with that and, um, you know, just supporting Movember and it, it just works. And it's become really, really recognizable because yep. we decided to do something different. Like most Greek um, restaurants that, you know, they use the the pillars or the you know the olive leaves and stuff so yep. we, d- we just decided to do something completely different and it's just come up a treat like it's really yep. really worked in our favor and what was the other one you said St. Patty's Day oh yes yeah there was a St. Pat- I mean I would imagine you get a lot of requests and crossover for because you're taking care of someone's launch of their brand yep they're probably in your hands aren't they to say well what do we do next how do we execute and, and that, so that's why events, yeah. yeah. So that's why we're very particular about planning and, and ensuring that everything we do is sort of, yeah, you know, we've got a strategic plan for everything. So, yeah, we don't deliver the actual event logistics. We do do the marketing promotion of it and, and capture it on the day usually. Um, you know, we'll do all of the social media. We'll sort of direct um, a photographer and a videographer. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so we're heavily involved in that. But you, the actual event logistics itself we don't do we make recommendations about um yep. you know you know or we, we can put together an event concept but we don't actually do the rollout of the event itself yeah so talk to me about because this is really exciting and it just pops so much the design and you know the packaging and how you've presented so i think it's bay wines am i saying that yep. right yep spank skincare range and then and that's also the packaging i guess and it's it's bag yep. and everything but talk to me about the process and how you guys come up with these type of campaigns Yep, so um, of the ones up here, we didn't actually do the Bay logo, um, but we've done a lot of um, design since they developed their brand. And this positioning, Um, you know, amongst food. Yeah, so that, we can't take credit for that either. That was um, actually um, given to us. Um, the owner of Bay Wines and Nadine is incredible. I actually don't even know why she needs us. She's amazing. (laughs) She's just so... um, Anyway, so she's worked with a photographer to deliver those and we've inherited them. And then we've, had, we've been yeah. able to have so much fun um, using that as a, as a basis. They've got a really strong brand and we've had a lot of fun yep. developing, you know, versions of this for packaging and stuff. But so Spanked, um, 
That actually came about through a separate arm of the business. We started another side project, I guess, called Project Empire. Uh And that was sort of born out of my passion for helping women um, to, you know, either women with an idea or women wanting to start their own business, just sort of helping them get started. So we offer digital marketing workshops, business coaching and mentoring, but how we actually launched it is by um, gave away 10 grants. So we sort of came up with 10 women. Well, I say women, it just ended up being like that way. We're not yeah. exclusive to women, but just that's just how it worked out. Yep. We gave them um, a 12-month grant, which basically gave them um, access to four digital marketing workshops over 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave them a couple of one-on-one sessions with myself because my background's PR, but also mm-hmm. Nicola, um, our marketing director. Um, and then we gave them like 10 hours of design and other bits and pieces just to really help them get started. Mm-hmm. And this is one of our success stories. So um, wow. Spanked Skincare um, is a skincare line by Brittany Draper. Uh, Britt actually has a really interesting story, which I won't get into, but basically she was studying naturopathy and put that on hold to help a family that she nannied for Mm -hmm. um, when one of the parents unexpectedly passed away, which wasn't very nice. But yeah, she basically put her life on hold to help them out. And so we just thought perfect person to give a grant to. And yeah, basically Brie, our um, creative director, designed the packaging. She's, mm-hmm. It's actually all hand-drawn. So that font, really? the font is a one-of-a-kind because Brie drew it from scratch. And she's also drawn all of these little um, icons on the branding as well. Wow. So I think that's really cool that we can say that is literally a one-of-a-kind. It's not just like, you know, clip art or a stock image. Brie's actually drawn that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of design, yeah, I guess you'd find most – there's not many PR agencies who would have an in-house designer – but I sort of um, recognised early on that I just thought that's something that would really, really boost our business. Um, yep. Well, but, it's where a lot of people start, isn't it? Yeah. I need a brand. I need a logo. I need a that's presence. Right. That's right. And also, if, even for clients that already have their brand established, it just made us a lot more nimble in able in being able to do things rather than having to brief a separate creative agency or yep. a designer. We could just do it in-house. And so design's not um, our core business, but it just it adds a lot to our business by, by being able to be essentially a one-stop shop for our clients. Not to mention it's really handy having Brie available to do bits and pieces for our brand when we need it. Yeah. So, yeah. Often neglected, but such an important element. It is. Um, it really is. Because people look to you about the branding and the marketing you're doing as, you know, uh, something that they can draw inspiration from. And yeah. it's, it can easily be neglected, I guess, from one agency owner to another, I, I put myself through the process of rebranding and taking the time to understand the concept and execute it. Probably the best thing I did because it renewed my respect for the process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, just recapping on the branding process, it's awesome to hear about how you play such an integral role for your clients in that process mm-hmm. and how it can really position you as an authority ongoing for them to reference back to you and say, okay, what do I do now? Now that's done, how do I execute this? And, you know, it's great for you, I guess, and your team. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's really important to continually work on your own brand. Um, You know, working in a PR or creative industry, it's important to showcase that you are abreast of trends and Mm -hmm. you're aware of um, what you need to do to keep your brand relevant and, and continually... I guess, reinvent yourself to keep up with the times, which can also be a challenge because everything, you know, especially digitally just moves so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, You've really got to make sure you dedicate that time to working on your own brand as well. Um, And I guess that's been a hard thing for us because people will sometimes log on to our social media. And while our content and everything is great, our audiences aren't that massive, like probably what you'd expect for, because we're not a digital agency, we're a PR agency, but 
still, I think people, when they log on, they look at our followers and go, oh, I would expect them to have more. Yep. But we're actually in the business of creating audiences and followers for our clients, not us. Sort of totally. anything anything that we manage to get along the way is kind of like a bonus. So your clients so, speak for you. Though. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, yep. you know, if you logged on to some of our clients and saw that they had small audiences, well, then we can be concerned. But, yep. you know, our, our, our brand, I think, um, is, is strengthened by the strength of our clients' brands. So tell me, right, this is what a question for um, young budding entrepreneurs and, and particular women out there who probably draw a lot of inspiration and be curious to know, what is someone like you reading right now and who's someone who you're following intently online? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I'm, I'm a big nerd. I'm not really academic. I'm just like a sponge I guess like I'm just always like really curious and you know I'm, I do the most random things like googling the most random things but um, I'm also <laughs> a big history nerd so all of my um, all of my elective subjects were, were history subjects like mm-hmm. the holocaust like all that kind of stuff so I love I've just obviously returned um, from this conference in the US and I bought a book about Las Vegas and about Las Vegas's history like mm-hmm. the mob and um, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what I'm reading and it's got a lot of... Um, what was the conference called in the US? So the conference was the Social Media Examiner, Social Media Marketing World. Say yep. that three times fast. Gotcha. So that is basically one of the you know, peak um, conferences that you can go to for social media marketing. I think it's attended by something like 8,000 people. Um, and it's just, it's just amazing because it's over three days and there's like six sessions you can attend each day, well, six time slots and each session... Each... Blah, each each session, there's like six or seven different options that you can attend. So yes. um, I took uh, my sister who actually works for me. She's a senior account manager. And we sort of divided and conquered. And it was just incredible. Like, Perfect. Oh, and uh, so from that, I actually went to um, Guy Kawasaki's keynote speak. Your speech. So he's how's he related to Canva? How was he? So he's what uh, he he actually coined the term evangelist, and I can't remember what it means, but basically it's like chief thought leader or something like that. So he's the chief evangelist for Canva, but he was Australian actually business. Canva is yes, yeah. yes, well, um, amazing, yes, yeah. Louise, someone, yes. But he he was actually one of the original marketers of the Mac computer, so wow. very well regarded in Silicon Valley. He's amazing, but he's also like this really rad Hawaiian. Japanese Hawaiian dude like yes. loves surfing so he's 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 someone that I'm now fo- well, I sort of always followed him but I follow him religiously okay, so on that's something that's come out of the event yeah yeah because okay. what he spoke about in his talk it was it was about how to build a brand by defying conventional wisdom mm-hmm. and he talked about all the things that he does that you that you know um not, not best practice but that you know you just not supposed to do them if that's mm-hmm. what you're trying to do. And, you know, one of the key things I took away from him was, you know, take a stand on the issues that are important to you. Mm-hmm. So if you look at his social media, they're all like political statements. Like he's very vocal on gun reform, something that I'm really passionate about in the US. Um, mm-hmm. You know, women's rights, um, you know, a whole bunch of different things. And he just doesn't care what anyone says, what, you know, what anyone trolls him. He stands, he goes all in and he really sticks to, you know, what he believes in. Yep. I think that's really admirable in a place where, you know, sometimes doing that can actually damage your brand. Yep. So yeah, so he's someone that I'm following religiously now. I excellent, yeah. excellent. All right, I've got three more questions for you. I'm going to save the juicy one for last, but the next one is, you mentioned off air, we were talking earlier about you embarking upon doing more speaking, you know, keynote addresses, speaking at events, um, launches, that type of thing. Tell me about the process you're going through now 
and what you're getting out of it already and how it's helping you on that journey. Yep. So yeah, one of my goals for this year was to work on my public speaking and presenting because I don't know if you can tell, but I talk very fast, very loud, especially especially when I, uh, you know, on things that I'm passionate about. So um, I started working with um, this lady called Chloe Ostrike. She is amazing. She she walks into a room and you just can't help but go, wow, like she just, mm-hmm. just that impact. And so she's been working with me to develop, you know, to learn some techniques around breathing and slowing down and um, how, how to get, how to make an impact and how to really engage with your audience. So um, I only did my last session with her last week, so I'm still working on it. But yeah, um, yeah I think it's really important um, it, just in day-to-day business to be able to present confidently and yes. to, you know, she's, Chloe spoke a lot about um, people make up their mind about you in the first three seconds of meeting you. Wow. Okay. So she, yeah, talked, and again, I've only just sort of scratched the surface with this, but yeah, just it's, it's, I think it's really important if you're going to operate in a business community to be able to do that and to be able to speak with confidence and to create an impact. And because it's all about credibility as well, you know, mm-hmm. people are more inclined to want to work with you or listen to what you have to say if you can build that level of credibility. So that's yep. something I'm working on at the moment. Excellent. All right. So second last question. This one is regarding something you and I have both got in common. You're probably on a slightly larger scale at the moment, but I've recently um, employed an intern and I've gone through the process and I'm experiencing that firsthand. But talk to me about how you've um, run an internship program within your business for the last couple of years and how you've now set that up and the impact it has on your business. Yeah, so... Um, and maybe even actually how people might be able to um, get involved if they're watching this and thinking, look, Carly's inspired me, I'd love to get involved with Circus Media as well. So, yeah, as I guess as we started growing as a business, people started noticing us and we started to get a lot of requests for internship placements. And I was a bit hesitant at the start because I know myself when I did some interning, it can often be more work than actually providing an extra resource. So I was very particular about the initial interns that I took on. And we're very, very lucky that the girl, well, and again, we have never had a male apply. So let me just say that's, you know, it's, it's end up males being welcome. women. Yeah, males <laughs> are welcome. Um, and yeah, the three interns that we had were just all fantastic. Like, so it's really important that if you do want to intern, whether it's part of your degree, you have to do a placement or not, that the the best advice I can give you is um, stand out from the crowd. Like when you, when you, you know, we get hundreds of internship applications every day, you have to do something different. You can't just yep. submit your CV in a cover letter, boring, boring, boring. Like you have to say why we should choose you over anyone else. Mm-hmm. Tell us something about yourself that's different or or even just make sure you've researched. I mean, it's understandable that a lot of people are just going to do a mass mail out to try and get an internship position yep. anywhere, but it has to be personalized and you have to share that you know a bit about that brand. So if someone sent me a cover letter that said, you know, I've been watching Circus Media over the last three years. I know you've worked with XYZ client. I saw XYZ campaign, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, hey, this person knows a bit about us. Yep. The interest, rather than just... I'm, I'm flexible, I'm adaptable, I'm a good writer, like, okay, so is everyone else kind of thing. So, yep. But I'm very passionate about, you know, once we started working with a couple of interns, providing, I guess, an authentic experience. Mm-hmm. And I know, in, in the, especially in the PR industry, there's, 
this idea that if you do intern, you end up getting coffees and dry cleaning or, you know, washing someone's car, which is not true. But I just think it's important that if you are going to, as a business owner, if you are going to take on an intern, that you actually give them an authentic experience. Totally. Because I think there's a big gap between getting your degree and actually going out into the real world and being able to use it. Because, you know, when you're at uni, it is very much about theory and fundamental stuff that doesn't really translate to especially with the pace that everything's moving so i'm i think it's really important that you do do a placement as part whether it is part of your degree or not so you actually understand and you're able to put into practice what you're learning i think Um, i've noticed through my experience too is that to really um focus with an intern in particular on obviously exposing them to skills that are relevant they're going to help them but also mentoring them to a degree to be able to feel like they could one day run their own thing absolutely you know yeah. I, I can see how a lot of businesses may battle with the fear of oh hang on i don't want to lose them mm-hmm. but i think an intern uh, would definitely appreciate from the experience the ability to know that hey i could draw inspiration from you and one day with your blessing i'm sure i could run my own thing and that's actually happened so one of the very first interns that i had she was just fantastic like a great writer and you know she really impressed me with everything that she did but i didn't have i didn't have the capacity to offer offer her a job at the end of the the term, although I would have liked to. So I sort of encouraged her. I said, hey, there is absolutely no reason why you can't start doing your own freelance type of stuff. Our generation, we've grown up with social media. Go talk to your local sporting club. Go talk to your dad's friend's business and just say, hey, can I have a crack at doing your social media? I'll show you what I can do. Mm -hmm. And you know, whether you have to do it for a period um, unpaid and say, look, let me have a crack at it for two months and then maybe we can talk about an hourly rate. Show them what you can do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a way to, you know, either make some money on the side or you can start doing some bits and pieces yourself. So actually that girl, she was, she was so great. I ended up getting her a job as a features writer at a local um, newspaper. Wow. Um, a lot of journal, like journalism and PR goes hand in hand. A lot of externos work in PR. So for example, you're an intern, you enter a business, you give your all, you learn, you adapt. And if that business isn't particularly in a position to give you a full-time role... It definitely opened doors for you. Yeah, yeah you've yeah. opened doors, you've impressed enough that they, they, they want to help you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, okay, cool. So this has been awesome. I'm just going to ask one last question for Carly. And look, if you need to think about it, that's fine. <laughs> but I, I want to know, uh, and if you don't mind, like you can tell me whatever you want, but I really want to know about a particular challenge that you faced over your journey. It could be personal or business-related. And also for everyone watching and listening, how you've managed to overcome that. Gosh. It's a broad question, I know. We can go business, we can go personal, we can go, I mean, look, for me what stands out and it could be different for you is the fact that you juggled, from what I believe, motherhood extremely well and throughout the process you appear to have remained employed or by yourself full-time and and active and, and I think you're renovating a house as well and you're starting up other businesses and you're speaking... Maybe there's a, a challenge or a point where you thought, oh my God, can I actually do this? And maybe you could talk to how you overcame it. Yeah. So look, I think we spoke about this before. I think it's all about perception. Like I, I am busy. I have a lot of sort of balls in the air, but I'm very particular about managing my time. Um, I do have two young children. I do have interests outside of mm-hmm. um, what I do for work. Um, so I make sure that I'm very particular about saying, right, this is what I have to do today. And after I'm done, that's it. And I sort of stop and go do other things. Um, you so know, when things you, like watching Married at First Sight, yeah, uh, Netflix. That, <laughs> Married at First Sight is actually one of the only television shows that I have watched religiously. But generally speaking, I don't have a lot of time for TV. So I, I play netball. I play for local club Geelong Amateur. Yeah. Um, I also play lacrosse. 
Um, I have two young children. Um, I love to travel. I travel every opportunity. I, I actually often say that the reason I work is to save money to travel. Fantastic. Um, um, I'm also, I've just started my MBA. Um, I'm doing various personal and professional development type things. I also like to have a social life. Like I like to eat. My One of my best friends actually just flew back from London on the weekend, surprised me. I had no idea she was coming back. So um, yeah, I do have lots of things, but I, but I think it comes back to, there's a big difference and Simon, and I don't know how to pronounce his surname. I think it's Simon Sinek. Um, mm-hmm. he's given a lot of Ted talks. He, his philosophies, um, you know, find your why people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So has there been a moment where maybe you haven't been crystal clear on that and it's proved a challenge and you've really had to maybe define that or work, go to work on it to overcome. Definitely. So, so he, he actually says, you know, um, working for something we don't love is called stress. Working for something that we do love is called passion. So, so I, you know, I got pregnant and I, I thought, Hey, I'm just going to, I don't, I want to live life on my terms. So I, I still wanted to work. I'm really passionate about what I do. I love what I do. And now the fact that I have my own business and I sort of have autonomy over what I what I do, I, I sort of get the final say, um, you know, creatively and mm-hmm. how my business goes. I don't get stressed. I might get busy. I might, you know, some days I might, might work more hours than others, but I do have the flexibility to say, Hey, I'm going to take today off and spend the day with my kids. I'm going to go to America and I'm going to, you know, launch this marketing plan from New York. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, this industry lends itself to being a bit of a digital nomad, which is something that I've embraced. But I think if you find something that you really love and, and again, all these things that I do outside of my business are things that I want to do. They're not things that I'm being forced to do. Great. So even though I'm busy, I'm busy doing a lot of things that I'm passionate about. So Great. it's, it's cool. not like work or stressful. Yeah. Well, it's been amazing. We've talked for a long time. <laughs> and actually, because, you know, in podcast land, they say don't go longer than 20, 25 minutes, but I think we've smashed that. But it's been great content. you can chop it up a bit. Well, well, yeah. we'll, try, we'll try. We like the rawness and the organic nature. But tell me, right, I must, I must give you the opportunity. Is there anything I haven't covered with you or asked you or maybe something you want to mention to the audience before we wrap up? Um, before we end up today, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess just, and the reason we started Project Empire was um, just to get people to think a little bit differently about their careers. And like I said, working in PR and marketing lends itself to a lot more flexibility than most industries because it's not about, um, you know, where you are as opposed to getting the work done. So I just encourage people, and especially I'm very passionate about um, working mums. Mm-hmm. So women that have had children... Uh, and, you know, there's this expectation that you can't do it all. But I think if you want to, you, you can. Um, and I'm really lucky because I've got a lot of support, probably mo- more than most in terms of mm-hmm. my mum and my mother-in-law, like very, very helpful with the children. And, you know, I've had these opportunities because they've given them to me. I, I could not have done it without all these people in my life, you know, letting me do these things. But I just, yeah, really encourage people to think differently about their career because, um the game has changed. Digital and social media has opened so many more opportunities and there might be opportunities for you that you've never considered mm-hmm. that you can work from home, you can work from abroad, or you can just juggle doing some kind of work with being not, not a stay at home mum, but if you know, if you do want to spend as much time with your kids as possible, there are ways around it. You can work at night or you can do other things. So just don't think, um, you know, the nine to five, seven days a week is the be all, oh, sorry, nine to five, five days a week. No one works seven days a week, I hope, um, is the be all and end all. There, there are actually opportunities um, outside of that. So, yeah. All right. So we've got circusmedia.com.au, mm-hmm. projectempire.com.au. Yep. All right. And also if people want to find you, you're down the 
Riverend Paco on yep. Riversdale Riversdale Road. Yeah, Riversdale Road, Geelong. So uh, for those people locally listening, head on down and catch up with Carly. We're going to share a bunch more content with you once this goes um, goes to air. And um, yeah, thank you so much for your time, Carly. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank we'll you. have to do this again. Maybe we, I can be a guest on your podcast. Sure. Yeah, unreal. <laughs> I don't reckon I'll get much talking in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank yeah. you, Carly, for your Thanks, time. Thank Pleasure. You.